0: Good morning, beloved of New Hope Chapel. I'm Bill Smith. I'm one of the members of the teaching team. And today I want to talk with you about our value to God. I've always been resistant to being organized. I enjoy a free-willing approach to life. I'm not a big fan of structure. I find too many rules a bit well distasteful. I don't like being told what to do or how to do it. And growing up in the Episcopal Church, I've come to find the classic liturgical approach to worship, well, a bit stale. It's like just going through the motions to me. But I know people who love the liturgy, one of whom is one of my own daughters. So I had to disown her. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I get it. For some people, it's very meaningful. But I like the spontaneity and the flexibility, at least That's how I think I approach life. Of course, I'm also full of contradictions. I'm comfortable without a plan, that is, until there's really no plan. Take, for example, our COVID sermons, as I am calling them now. When Steve informed the teachers that until further notice, he'll just assign dates and we can speak on our topic of choice, well, that seemed great to me. That is, until I had to figure out what I wanted to speak on. Now I'm thinking it was easier when I was just assigned a passage to teach. So, okay, maybe I do like some structure. Maybe plans aren't all that bad. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. And may you look past the sins of the speaker for there are many. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen and amen. You know, there's an old saying that a fish isn't aware of its dependence on water until it is removed from the water. The joke version is the one fish asking the other fish how's the water and the other fish responds, what water? We can become so familiar with our surroundings, so comfortable with how we've structured our lives, we don't even realize we've become dependent on our situation remaining the same. At least that's true for me. Maybe it's true for you. I think I don't need structure. That is until I have to drive back home to get my mask. I forgot to take with me just to get into Walgreens. My daily routine comforts me. And sometimes when my daily routine is interrupted, when something happens that I wasn't expecting, I can become uncomfortable. This discomfort can lead to a number of emotions, from a minor irritation, to frustration, or sadness, or even anger, or confusion, anxiety, and even depression. The Bible defines depression as a loss of hope. As we read in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When it seems there's nothing we can do about our situation, we can lose hope. And the heart, the psyche, becomes sad and depressed because it wants to move forward. But listen, even when we lose hope, we don't lose our ability to choose. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, God has already provided the resources we need so that we can trust him. As we read in 1 Corinthians 10, no temptation or testing has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted or or tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will provide a way out. We don't have to figure a way out. So about two weeks ago, it seemed to me God suggested I study gold and maybe speak on gold. So I sort of dismissed the thought, yet it came back to me to look at gold in the Bible to a couple different ways. So I did a search and I found gold mentioned 441 times in the Bible. Well, that's too many verses for me to look at, I thought. And that evening, I clicked on the next episode of a series I'm watching called America's Book of Secrets. The first episode was about the White House. The second was about Area 51. And what do you know, that night, the third episode focused on Fort Knox with picture after picture of gold bars. And I thought, what a coincidence. And when we were last together, we were studying the Book of Exodus. We have gone past the part of the story where God caused the Egyptians to give the Israelites all of their gold and their silver. The Israelites left Egypt with all the resources that they could possibly need. All of that gold. I'm not an expert, but I don't think there were too many shopping malls out there in the desert. So what could they do with all that resource? You know, sometimes God gives us a resource or an experience that we don't need right away i'm sure many of you have gone through things that at the time either wasn't pleasant or just didn't make sense then a week or a month or years later that ex- that same experience that same resource turned out to be something you needed perhaps in order to help someone else and those are the times when we are being refined like gold and god refines the heart so when we return and we will return we'll see God already had a plan for those resources he gave the Israelites. He's going to instruct them to build an Ark of the Covenant and cherubim on top of that and a table and lampstands and cups and plates and all of it must be covered inside and out with gold. But before he gives those instructions to Moses, he gives them a strict command to not repeat, not to use any of the gold to make gods for themselves, as we read in Exodus 20. Tell the Israelites, you have seen for yourselves, I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. So while up on Mount Sinai, God is giving Moses instructions on how to prepare the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle, covering everything in gold, the rest of Israel is down in the valley becoming impatient, waiting for Moses. So what do they do? They convince Aaron to make a calf out of gold for them to worship. They had become uncomfortable as slaves in Egypt. And now they have become uncomfortable as free people in the desert. I know I have struggled and continue to struggle with how to use the freedom I have in Christ. Perhaps you do as well, just as the Israelites did. The Egyptians wanted to have something tangible to worship, and the Israelites were now doing the same thing. They wanted something that they could count on, something to save them. So they make a golden calf. The good news is they wanted to worship. The bad news, they wanted to worship their own God. But God had already provided the resources they needed, and they made a choice. In the midst of their hopelessness, they chose to trust in themselves and in their plan. As we will see in coming weeks, that choice turned out to be a bad idea. But they will gradually learn. They will learn to relax, to be at peace. They will learn to trust God. Learning to trust God has been a gradual process for me. And just when I think I've arrived, he gives me a new situation that challenges my ability to trust. It's not always easy to trust God. I get that. be honest, I get frustrated sometimes when people just flippantly say, trust God. Yeah, like that's easy to do. But you know, the easy things are easy for a reason. The easy way doesn't produce much result. These new trust situations have the effect of stretching us, don't they? You know, gold stretches. Did you know one ounce of gold can be stretched into a thread five miles long? A single ounce of gold can also be hammered out into a sheet 30 square feet. In fact, gold can be made so thin it becomes transparent. Gold is extremely malleable, easy to make into any shape. And God treats us like gold. Perhaps that's why he uses us. Because he can stretch us, he can mold us, he can shape us to his purpose, all the while allowing us to maintain our sense of identity, of who we are, and even more of who we are. At our credit club, we start off each training session with stretching. Now I don't particularly like stretching because, well, it hurts. But at the same time, I love stretching because it gives us more flexibility and more capability, making us stronger. So while we are stretching, and I'm leading the stretching, my internal internal dialogue goes something like this. Man, this hurts. But it's going to make me feel better later. This is good for me. But it still hurts. During this COVID pandemic, living apart from my wife for two months because she works with the COVID patients, watching my own work dry up, my client cutting my rate and delaying payment for 60 days versus the usual two weeks has stretched me. But this world can take away a lot of things, but it can never take away what we have in Jesus. So like many of you, I've had to pray, Lord, This is uncomfortable. There's a lot of uncertainty here. I'm struggling. I'm struggling here to stand firm. But I choose to stand firm on you. Now, look, those prayers didn't make everything immediately better. But they have drawn me closer to God. But there's something else I did, something I've never done in my entire marriage. What I did was I asked my wife to pray for me when I moved back into the home. I just was open and honest with her and told her about my struggles. And I asked her to pray for me. And she reached out her hands and grabbed mine and she did pray for me. And I got the privilege of experiencing what many of her patients have experienced. Being enveloped in God's love. And that was hard for me to do. But it was the best decision I've made to have my wife, my friend, pray for me. And joy began to creep back into my soul. She is gold to me. And Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. You know, we read throughout the book of Revelation that gold is used for almost everything in heaven. The lampstands of gold, golden trumpets, bowls of gold. Even the streets are paved with gold that is so refined it appears clear. Revelation 21 tells us the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Now, I've always thought this description of heaven was to indicate or to tell us how beautiful heaven will be. But I'm also thinking something a bit differently now. You see, we would never use gold to pave our streets. Gold's too valuable. And yet God uses gold as pavement. It's as though God is saying, while you value gold as such a precious metal, I use it as asphalt, as cement. And steel beams. My gold is so refined. So pure it becomes clear. No gold on earth can compare to the quality of the gold I use in heaven. And yet there is one more thing. One thing that is more valuable than gold to me. And that is you. You are more valuable to me than even the finest gold that i use in heaven to pave the streets so i want to look at 10 scriptures let's look at them together that speak to our value to god we read in genesis so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them your value begins with the fact that you were made by the hand of the creator In his very image. And we also read in in Isaiah. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. I have written your name on the palms of my hands. See, even if you are forsaken by family or friends, you are always cherished. In the heart of God. And in Jeremiah. It says for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a hope. And a future. God thinks about you. Let that sink in. He's thinking about you right now. And his thoughts toward you. They're wonderful. He has great plans for your life. Nowhere do we read that God is thinking about his goal. We also read in Jeremiah 31. The Lord appeared to him from far away and said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. His love for you is relentless immeasurable, and infinite. In Romans 5.8, we read, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. The creator of life loves you so intensely he allowed his own son to die in your place before you ever repented. He wasn't waiting on you. He provided the resource Ahead of time for your salvation. In 1 Peter we read. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. But with the precious blood of Christ. The Lamb of God. God was willing to pay the highest price in the universe to redeem you. The blood of his dear son. Notice that he has all of that gold in heaven. Yet that gold was not valuable enough to purchase you. The price was much higher. See how valuable you are. We read in Second Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you belong to Jesus, you have been refined like gold. And are being refined. And you have a brand new, sparkling clean life in him. That just like gold, will not perish. In First John, we read, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called children of God. And that is who we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. God considers you his very own precious child. And in Ephesians we read, But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He is going to show the true value, the exceeding riches of his grace in how kind he is toward us. Your heavenly father has planned a magnificent, never-ending future for you. And it's all going to be wonderful. Even when it might seem bad, it's all wonderful. It's all kindness. It's all mercy. It's all joy. And finally, in 2 Corinthians, we read, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. God has given you and me a high calling. As an ambassador to share his great love with others. It's our opportunity and our privilege. It's not an obligation. It's not a responsibility. He is doing the pleading through us. It's his message. His offer. And his offer has the greatest value. And he values us to use us to communicate his message of forgiveness. And cleansing. And healing. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what Joanne taught last week, and I just love what she said about dealing with this racial issue, this racial tension. Get to know someone different than you. Reach out. Get to know them. Because to God, they are also gold. And let them get to know you. Because you are also gold to God. Just love on people. It's so simple, and yet it can be a stretch. But don't worry. Your gold you won't break, because you belong to God, and you can cling to him, and no one can take that from you. His word overwhelmingly confirms that you are his cherished treasure. So while we can't always count on the world or the government or our institutions, our employers, or sometimes even our own family, we can always count on God because we are of great value to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may you keep it ever on our mind of how important and how valuable and precious we are to you help us to learn how to trust you even more how to receive your love even more fully fortune jesus name we pray and for his sake amen and amen